0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Draft Politics. Uh, I believe this is episode, well, 12-ish because we had debates and all that. But uh, I'm Steve and here with... I'm EJ. Welcome back. I'm going to go with 12. I'm going to
1: give you that one. I think that that's fair. I think the ones in between were 11.1 and 11.2. Sure. Why not? We'll take it. Uh, even though we may have missed eleven point two because of travel it 's really good to be back actually i 've been on the road for a couple weeks so we 've done this remote podcasting thing uh, which just is not as enjoyable as sitting in a Chicago
0: brewery and talking about politics yeah makes makes for some a little more editing and uh, a little more technology issues but um, so i 'm glad we 're all in person now and we can uh, do this proper so
1: welcome absolutely
0: so I think we 're going to get kicked off with.
1: Sort of national, light international, national news driven by
0: our dear leader. Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so um, where to begin? I mean, we can start off with immigration. Um, This has become, you know, this has been a hot topic for a couple weeks now. Um, Some revelations about how uh, particularly children were being treated in detention centers at the border, just the general conditions there. Um doctors
1: right? not being let into facilities
0: yes. yes, doctors not being let in and and normally what happens is lawyers go in and there's sort of a a uh, an understanding that the lawyers aren't going to like wrap them out so to speak, but get and to sort of use that to get access so it's like we're not going to, you know we're gonna let you know that there's problems but we're not going to tell anybody about it they've now started telling people about it because it's been so bad um so yeah now things are bad but then uh we've had some funding uh set aside to uh fund theoretically better conditions at the detention centers it's hard to really know what to make of it but uh, about five billion dollars in funding um the house was holding fast that uh they were going to refuse to fund it unless there were certain conditions about the protection of the children and the conditions in the in the prisons um And the Democratic Senate ended up caving, and uh, allowing. Basically, they voted for it in the Senate, so the House didn't really have a good position to say, "Okay, well, we're going to hold against that now." And uh, I gather some more moderate Democrats were getting anxious about it, so they ended up funding it even without those protections in there. Yeah, and I think in the end,
1: the only person happy was Donald Trump. Maybe Mitch McConnell. Yeah, Um, well,
0: Mitch McConnell's happy anytime Pelosi has to cave. So it's
1: true. It's true. I
0: mean, I don't think there was any funding for
1: a wall or any... Really, it was just about housing, right? That was...
0: Well, and it's hard to know. I mean, like, I think it, that's, that was the intention of it. But, you know, does, is that what the funding gets used for? And is it really meaningfully helping the conditions there? Is that, is that the money now that's going to go pay for soap and, and toothbrushes for kids? Right, Or is it just going to go to private prisons? Right. and private companies that are building and sort of... Housing well, the detention centers. it'll definitely go to them, but will it do any good in the meantime?
1: And I think we saw on the other side, just a the other side of the Democratic Party, a very strong reaction against it. Yeah. I think Pelosi ended up losing with all camps in yep. the Democratic Party. Um, with the moderates because she took so long, and with uh, the more liberal folks in the Democratic Party because she caved it all.
0: Yeah. And— uh AOC today actually was visiting uh, the border, visiting some of those facilities uh, and was tweeting back. And we don't have a lot of details, but was tweeting back some observations she had. Uh, One of her quotes was, um, officers were keeping women in cells with no water and had told them to drink out of the toilets. Um, Another one, she says, after I forced myself into a cell with women, uh, began speaking to them. One of them described their treatment at the hands of officers as psychological warfare. Said they were waking them up at odd hours for no reason, calling them whores, etc. cetera. Um, so that's that's the kind of stuff we're dealing with right now. Um, you know, well, it'll be interesting to see like what more comes out of that. This has obviously just been going on today, so we don't have all the details. Um, but it's pretty disturbing that this is. You know, keeping in mind that these people are not criminals; they are people who were seeking asylum, and so they should be treated as. People who are refugees, people who are struggling, and they should be supported rather than treated like not even prisoners, because prisoners at least have certain rights in our country. It doesn't seem like they're even getting that.
1: Yeah, no doubt.
0: And, you know, as shocking as
1: some of the stories have been, you know, and you want to not believe them, then you see this secret Facebook group that has come out. It's Border Patrol agents. I mean, the callousness and abject sexism, misogyny, racism uh, that were in that uh, really give a lot of credence to some of those stories. Yeah, And how, you know, when you ask yourself, well, how could people do this to other human beings? You see things like that
0: Facebook group and you wonder, well, do they see them as human beings? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So... I assume that what will soon follow is, you know, based on Trump's clear mismanagement, all of this is that that'll be part of his impeachment proceedings. I'm sure. Yeah, it's I'm sure. right around the corner. Um, so how how is impeachment going, EJ? Oh yeah, it's. Uh,
1: you know, I can say we're making the same amount of progress that we did last week. So it's very consistent. Oh, that's good. You very know, very consistent. Yeah. Um, we're taking a big stand. Uh, I think it's really interesting talking to some people. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, and they said, well, I, I hear that Robert Mueller's going to testify. What do you think about that? That's a big step. And I said, I think it's a delaying tactic. I think that it doesn't really help anybody.
0: Yeah, I feel like that is the last the last stopping point if Democrats are going to finally say, yes, we're going to impeach. Like, they at least going to say, oh, yeah, we want to make sure we got his, him testifying. We want to be able to ask him questions before we went and fully pulled the trigger. If they don't do it after that, it's not happening. No, I and, agree. And I agree. we're just going to ride this out for another year and a half without impeachment and with Trump knowing full well that that is not a consequence he will ever face. Yeah, and I wonder, you know, is there anybody else they could throw
1: in there because again, you know, I feel like the Democratic leadership is very focused on not pissing anybody off for some reason. I I don't understand still. The the delay, but I can see them kind of choosing activities that make it feel like they're moving things forward. That really yeah, aren't.
0: they're they, it feels like they're they're afraid of making a mistake more than they're you know looking to find a good path forward. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. and it's and and I think it ends up probably hurting them in the long run politically. I mean, I feel like this needs to be deeper than just politics, but yet that's kind of where we're at. Well, I
1: mean, that's what. Essentially, the Mueller report said there is a political solution to this. Yes, we need to take it. So we'll see what what he has to say. I am I am somewhat uh, concerned. Maybe it's too strong a word, but I suspect that the ridiculousness of the questions from the Republicans will be off the charts. Oh yeah, I think they're going to be looking to you know ask very very leading questions. That can't be answered easily and then hold that up as some sort of fake news cycle. Well, Robert yeah. Mueller couldn't guarantee that none of his uh, the people uh, ever donated to a Democrat like Barry Goldwater. He don't, you know, I mean, you could just see them attacking any little thing, making anything up that they want to. It reminds me of sort of Councilman Jam in Parks and Rec who would ask really random questions that had nothing
0: to do with it and then
1: point out, ah, ha, 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 I've got you on this. Right.
0: Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting, because I think, like, Muller has a pretty strong reputation, and so it's going to be a little harder for them to just ram goofy questions on him. It's going to be, you know, so they're going to have to think through their strategy a little bit more, and I think it gives a little bit more of a chance that something useful is going to come out of this whole thing, but I don't think Muller's going to say anything. He's going to just keep saying, it's in the report. Read the report and so i think like it's going to be hard for republicans to make him look bad but i think it's also going to be hard for democrats to get anything new enough out of him to really justify going forward any more than you know the 10 crimes that are clearly yeah. outlined already I mean, what else do you want right but i my
1: prediction here it's not earth-shattering is that they'll ask him the republicans will ask him questions that he can't answer Maybe because the question is so poorly worded that nobody could answer it, and then they'll come up the next time they get to talk, and they 'll say, "Well, he was avoiding our questions because
0: right they'll ask him questions that are you know are ultimately secret information and you know. right and I mean the one line of questioning I think that Democrats might get some value out of is how was the whole thing handled by the Department of justice what did uh, what did uh, Rosenstein say what did uh, uh, bar say and and how were they handling it, and what were the restrictions that they were putting on as he went through this because I think that's the one kind of missing piece of things that sort of metadata about the investigation that we just don't really have a good insight into other than other than Muller's letter um, you know which gives you some sense of where this was happening
1: yeah, and I hope that they explore that a little bit as well. I hope that they Explore his interpretation of the guidelines uh, and all of the things around that. So, I think the best thing that they could do is get him to say in testimony, and I don't think he will, but get him to say if this were any other person, he would have been indicted. Yeah, I mean that is
0: yeah he the w- ultimate. He goal. won't say that. No, he <laughs> won't say that. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, if he does say that's that, that's a that nice be, dream.
1: That would be great. But I think that that's the kind of questioning. They'll probably take that tack that they get because if he says it, then that gets them off the hook, right? And that's really, really what the Democrats are looking for. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Our dear leader uh, and his trusted advisors, his children, were in Asia for the G20. Uh, really doing us proud. We had some really fun moments. Uh, fun moments from the G20, uh, where we saw. Uh, Ivanka Trump interacting with world leaders, really making a fool of herself. The level of uncomfortability from the other people she was talking to was cringeworthy and palpable.
0: Well, the apple doesn't fall from, fall far from the tree, I suppose. It was,
1: it was painful. And the French government said, oh, I'm sorry, we didn't mean to release that. They absolutely <laughs> oh, yeah, they meant did. to release that. So, <laughs> merci beaucoup. Uh, that was some good times, but then that turned into a surprise meeting with North Korea.
0: How great was this? Yes. Well, I believe the uh, North Korea press agency phrased it best when they said, It was a marvelous event that has created unprecedented trust and a meeting of the century that shocked the world. I'm not quite as uh, positive about yeah, this right as they
1: are, but I um, mean, I do like myself some North Korean news agency headlines.
0: Oh yes. Some good clickbait for me. Very entertaining. Typically. Typically. Um, but yeah, um <laughs> that's where to start with this. So, I mean, if you if you're an observer of foreign policy and and how these things are supposed to work, um one of the questions that's always been in play with North Korea is the legitimacy of North Korea and when we negotiate with them, one of the concerns is always making sure that we we don't give them too much for nothing. We don't want to like, because in every, every little thing you give them means another thing that you can't give them later once you've reached a deal. So for example, going to North Korea is one of the things that's now, well, we already did that. So, right. right, We can't use that for negotiation. And there's also a perception in Asian culture of a junior partner is supposed to visit the house of the senior person uh, that they work with. And so, Trump going to North Korea basically puts the impression that Kim is in the superior position in right. their relationship,
1: or even an equal position, or you
0: know, uh, yes, at the very least an equal, if not a superior. Right, and I think
1: <sighs> what is really look, I, I, I've got to give the president a little bit of credit. He's trying a tactic that hasn't been tried before. That's true, <laughs> uh, and I, I have to say, you know. Haven't seen a lot of progress in a lot of years, so he's trying something different. Okay. Okay. But the question is, why? You know, is he doing it because he actually wants progress or because he wants headlines of some sort? Yeah. And so when you were talking about the headlines from sort of North Korean media, I feel like those he- same headlines would play well with people who are looking for any excuse to say that Donald Trump Bright is doing Bart, a good job. Breitbart, Fox
0: News, oh, sure. et cetera. Yeah. And I'm sure that they covered it very Positively. I mean we we can reasonably bet that Tucker Carlson did since he was there. Right. Unlike unlike the Secretary of State. Right. Or or the National Security Advisor. Now granted, do I want Pompeo or John Bolton to be there? No, because they'll probably cause somebody to get blown up. But Tucker Carlson is really a representative of the apparatus of state of oh. Oh, I can't wait for this all to be over. I know. <laughs> but I, I love what Tucker Carlson
1: said. Said like, look, you know, Kim Jong-il, not the greatest guy, but if you're running a country, you've got to
0: kill some people. Hard to argue that? Like, I don't know. Uh, that, is a, that is a tough soundbite there, Tucker. <laughs>
1: I mean, every time that there's a decision made where you kind of say, this is a new tact, it's a new approach, maybe there's a maybe there's a method behind this madness, more madness pops up. Yes. Just just springs out of the can. It's madness all the way down. (laughs) It is madness all the way down. And, you know, one of the things that I thought was really interesting uh, about both the meeting in Korea where Donald Trump said, essentially, I got up in the morning and I was tweeting on the toilet and I decided today I'm going to go to North Korea and they made it happen. We all know that that can't happen that way. There's no way that those arrangements can be made that quickly. I think they can be made quickly, but not that quickly. Yeah. But he wants to make it seem like oh, I decided this was a good idea. Yes. Um, I'm, a, I'm a th- dynamic leader who's. Yeah. Yeah. His his sort of whipsaw kind of approach to every country. You know, North Korea is terrible. They're going to face our wrath. Or Iran's terrible. They're going to face our wrath. Or China is the worst country on earth. We're going to, you know, whatever those things. And then the next day, they're my best friend. I'm going to meet with them. I'm going to essentially give up leverage. He is, for the art of the deal, evidently part of the art of the deal is to give up leverage that he's had. Yes, And hope the other person give something back.
0: Right. And there's zero history of that happening. No. Um, now I will say, in in the interest of being as fair as I possibly can, is that, you know, the the media in North Korea has generally been pretty positive about Trump, not necessarily about the US, depending on the scenario, but you know, they there's and and, and if ultimately this led to some kind of peace arrangements or you know, the Korea backing off on their nuclear weapons or whatever, that would be great. The problem is, I just don't see the path to get there. No, and what's worse is what came
1: out, sort of the rumors that came out of that meeting, and we all know that everything that comes out of the Trump organization is leaked. They were talking about a nuclear freeze, like that was on the table. And so that isn't denuclearization, that is status quo ante. So that's saying, that's acknowledging North Korea as a nuclear power and right. letting them keep what they have, which is a tremendous concession. Yeah. It is a huge concession. It is, it's a bigger concession than in the Ho Chi Minh City negotiations, if you want to call them, or a meeting where Donald Trump decided that we weren't going to do military exercises with South Korea. Yeah. It is unbelievable. And then, of course— John Bolton turns around and says, there's no way we're doing that. Yeah. So...
0: Well, you know, and it's... It creates... It it feeds into this ongoing problem of if you're a nation that is at odds with the U.S. and you want to make sure you're safe from us, your best bet is to have actual nuclear weapons. North Korea, (laughs) totally fine. We're not going to mess with them. Iran, Iraq... You know, we've seen what happened with Iraq, and, you know, and then we've had the ongoing back and forth with Iran. Um, you know, with Iran, uh, it seems like we've backed down for now. Um, there's been some targeted sanctions on some of the leadership of Iran. Sure. Um, who knew we had more sanctions to do? Like, I, I, I thought we'd I kind thought of we turned thought... that to 11, but apparently it goes to 12. Um, it's one louder. Right. It's one sanctioning <laughs> unit. One sanctioning unit. Yeah. Um, and Iran just passed the uranium enrichment threshold that was in the uh, original deal that we had with them, right? so like we're we're past that now. like, and if Trump had just simply left status quo, Iran is a safer. I don't want to say enemy. Their adversary is the better term. But basically, like th- yeah. everything is in a better position if he had just left everything as it was. But instead, he treated it as this is something Obama did. Everything Obama did was bad, and so now right. I have to muck with it.
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to betray our allies. I'm going to scrap this thing unilaterally, and then I'm going to complain when somebody else breaches it. Yes, like, that's that's not a thing. Yeah. Right. That's not, a and thing.
0: and I feel like what's going to end up happening by the end of this is like he's going to feel like he's had this tremendous victory as he somehow manages to come to an agreement with Iran. That's basically the same deal we had yeah. before, and I think like that that's, that's the, the goal. That's that would be like the best case scenario about this. I mean, it may very well be that you know they're just going to make more nuclear materials and further pursue. I mean, honestly, like, they've never really that actively pursued nuclear weapons. It's always been nuclear energy, nuclear materials that could conceivably be used for weapons. It's always been a little hazy. Um, but the most likely scenario is it just kind of continues progressing in whatever direction that is, and the next president is going to have to deal with
1: oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I, again, it feels like a lot, you know, by pulling out of the deal, he lost leverage. He had more leverage when it was the entire world agreed on what Iran was supposed to do and not do. And now nobody knows. Yeah. And Iran
0: has been continuing to pursue uranium enrichment merely as a trying to have leverage against Europe and China and Russia and like trying to get them to sort of offset the penalties that they've received from the U.S., And so, you know, I mean, their preference would be to get the financial upsides of not having to do this. But since that's not on the table, you know, they're making nuclear materials that will presumably play into some future negotiation. Sure.
1: Absolutely. Giving up leverage. And just, I want to toss one other thing out there in the theme of giving up leverage. So trade war with China. Remember trade wars, easy to win. Good. Yes. yes. Good to have, easy to win. Clearly. This week, you know. There was a renegotiation, sort of a freeze, right? They said, we're a truce. We're not going to have any more tariffs. Big win for the president. <laughs> pause, pause, pause. Um, but really what it came down to was they were willing to buy some more agricultural products from us. Yes. And products that they had already been buying. So, you know, there was a huge decline in what they bought uh, based on the tariffs that we put in place in the retaliatory tariffs, then they were willing to buy a little more. Yeah. And that gives just the president slightly undo it. Yeah. That gives the president a message to go back to his base to all of the Midwestern states and say, "Look, I've I've fought hard and I've gotten this thing." Yes. So it's about the soundbite, it's about oh, yeah. the headline for him. It, it's it, always about him. Right. Yeah. But it also tells you and tells them how he's weak. Anything that they put tariffs on that attack his base. They can then use those little cookies, you know, to to bring him along to whatever concessions they want him to make. So like Huawei is now able to do business with US companies again. Yep. So when you combine rhetoric like they're an agent of the Chinese government and then actually if they buy some more corn, they're fine. <laughs> right. Out of the deal. Oh Stamp.
0: yeah. Oh yeah. <sighs> Well, <laughs> deep breaths. Yes. Yes. Now let's talk about getting rid of him. Yes. Move on to the election circus 2020. Silco electoral, vente, vente.
1: And I would like to say Politico, I think they must be listening because they picked up on that. They're now calling it a circus. Oh, good. They are I, calling it they're a service. I'm listening circus. to our podcast. I, it's about damn time. Why the haven't call. they
0: rated us on iTunes? That's what I want to know. I, I want to know that as By well. By the way, I've got to do a shout out now real quick as this comes up. Is uh, There is one other person other than EJ and I who have rated us on iTunes that I'm aware of. If you have done this, please let us know. Uh, uh, Carol, one of our listeners, did actually rate us on iTunes. Uh, so thank you to Carol for doing that. Thank you, Carol. And, and if nobody else does it perhaps every podcast going forward, we'll just thank Carol every single time. Absolutely. Carol, you're going to keep getting dedications and thank yous. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, we had the big debates uh, this week. Uh, EJ, I know you had some uh, connection issues. You weren't able to catch the second debate, uh, but I gather you've caught up since then. I
1: have, I have, and I apologize for that. It would have been really fun to do the live podcast or the podcast right afterwards because, damn, Right? Oh yeah. I mean it after was definitely the first the night, night of oh, the two. Yeah. I watched the second night and I, I just thought I, I missed everything not seeing that live. Yeah. Because that was that was great.
0: I kept imagining uh the scene from you know, in Mortal Kombat the game where you have a fatality. Like that's what I kept imagining. I like Harris ripping uh, Biden's still beating heart out of his chest. Like that's that's what that felt like to me. It was it was pretty brutal.
1: <laughs> that is that is some strong imagery. <laughs> uh, I would say I didn't quite see it that way. Okay, you know, <laughs> definitely saw that she maybe exposed a vulnerability perhaps. for him. Uh, but I wouldn't have
0: <laughs> his his chest cavity. Perhaps I wouldn't have gone all
1: <laughs> kung lao on him or whoever well, it was yeah, that. Right would do that. It wasn't Scorpion or <laughs> Frozone. Wait, no, that's not right either. But it was it was a moment and I I have to say that I don't know that I've ever watched a debate where one candidate has been so clearly dominant over the others.
0: Well, and to do it when there's 10 people on stage. Like I mean, you know, you're going to have, you know, you've got two, three, maybe even half a dozen people on stage. You know, people are going to have their moments. and are going to get their, you know, big lines in there or whatever. But to try to distinguish yourself when you have maybe 10 minutes of total talking time, if you're lucky, and manage to land something that's really became sort of the moment of the debate uh, is pretty impressive.
1: It did. And, you know, she she brought it with some quips. You know, she clearly had some things she had prepared ahead of time yeah but she delivered them with a plum. she yeah. delivered them at the right time and with a level of sincerity now some people may doubt the sincerity yeah. uh, because there were t-shirts printed up ahead of time but i have no problem with that yeah whatsoever absolutely you
0: know and i mean it's almost like i'm trying to think like what kind of Profession you would be in that would kind of help give you that kind of preparation, you know. I don't know. Something where you have to like think about, you know, how I'm going to speak on my feet and you know win over an audience. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah, I had I don't some know. kind of lawyer. But you know, if she had a background in that, that really would have come into play here. I that suspect. really would have for sure. I I heard a couple
1: people just describe her as incredibly clutch, oh, yeah. being able to come in every time that she's had to distinguish herself on a very public stage. She has done so. She's yeah. stepped up in a really, really good way. So from her campaign kickoff there in Oakland you know, hearings in the Senate to now, she really has stepped up.
0: Yeah. And if you're if you're in that position of I just want to beat Trump and that's your main focus, like she made a very good uh, resume bullet point there, you know, in, in how she took down Biden and, and being able to say, like, this is how I am on a debate stage. I can take on Trump. I think that really worked well for him. I mean, I mean that's like I've I've long since said I'm I'm a big Warren fan. That's who I'm backing at this point, but she's always been my number 2 for exactly that reason. Is the vision of a former prosecutor on stage against a criminal is <laughs> just just too perfect.
1: It is. And I think the flip side of that is you saw the way that Joe Biden kind of crumbled at that. Absolutely. Right, he got very defensive and got into some kind of quasi technical answer that was I mean, I guess he was making a states rights
0: argument. And literally the only time you're going to see somebody on a debate stage with 10 people on it and somebody say, "Oh, I think I'm at time." <laughs> like, I mean, he cut himself off. Yeah. "Oh, I'm at time."
1: Sorry, guys. Yeah. Like, Wait, no, oh. he said, <laughs> "My time's up." Right. That is going to be yeah, in well. lots of ads. <laughs> lots of ads. True.
0: And you know, yeah, you maybe know, he should pass the torch.
1: Maybe he should pass the torch. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: the quips, the quips. I mean, there was one that was not delivered well. The pass the torch, pass the torch, pass the torch, pass the torch, pass the torch. How many times did he say it? Oh, it was, <laughs> it was nuts. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah. It was, it was like, ridiculous. Oh, are
0: you are you giving us the impression that you're younger and he's older? Okay, I see where you're going with this. Okay, thank you. Yeah, he's like, he's another one of those candidates. And I'm like, just, just you can be done now. We we've seen you. You've got your one other debate left. Fine. Yeah, you've already qualified. Yeah, it's
1: now time to. He got sixty-five
0: thousand people to donate to him. That's impressive. I don't know how.
1: <laughs> so did Marianne Williams. Oh, well, that's true. Williamson. Sorry. Marianne Williamson. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. I mean, she got 65,000 people to donate. How many are Republicans? I don't know. Yeah. We've been hearing that coming out, but she was crazy.
0: <laughs> you know, it's like I saw some people who are very concerned about her on stage and were like, you know, well, that Donald Trump seemed crazy at first, but he managed to, you know, end up becoming president. It was like, well, here's the thing. That's the Republican Party. And they have a very different way of operating and a very different mindset. And we've seen that repeatedly in previous elections where there was, you know, the flavor of the week, you know, somebody would rise and then everybody find out they were a lunatic and then they'd fall. And, you know, we don't have that with the Democratic Party because people are far more serious minded about we actually care about government and want people in there who are doing their job. And we're so concerned about Trump that we will make sure somebody is in there who can take him out.
1: Well. Well, and also, as importantly for Marianne, is letting the Prime Minister of New Zealand know who's boss. Yes. I mean, that was the first thing she said in the debate, <laughs> was that she was going to call the Prime Minister of New Zealand, I don't know, and make a bet, threaten her. I don't even right. know what that was about. Like We're going to have a better place to raise our kids than you. But, oh, hold
0: on a second. Well, I mean, I, that's an, I've been to New Zealand. It's lovely. I hope, I hope we get to that level. <laughs>
1: <laughs> me I too i
0: <laughs> but i don't think that's how this works like you know
1: i th- mean luckily that was before the question where they said who are you going to call first to you know help repair some of the relationships damaged you know in these 4 years and we had you know people saying well i'm going to call nato i'm going to was break up with i'm going to break up with putin and make out with nato something like pretty that pretty much yes it was really really interesting but again, it was everybody kind of, you know, Bernie treading water a little bit, kind of stayed out of the fray. I think Biden looked.
0: Yeah. And Biden's the only one who really lost substantial ground. I mean, granted, he's the furthest ahead, so he's got room to fall. But, um, you know, everybody else largely kind of treaded water. Um, I did notice Beto fell off a little bit. I mean, granted, it's going from like 4% to 2%, but everybody's review of his debate performance has been pretty bad yeah um and the best analysis i've seen about this was basically that he's uh driving with the brakes on this is from majority report i was listening to and they said that and it was like i think that's a spot on it's like he's trying not to upset things for if he wants to run in texas for senate but he's all and so he kind of He keeps hesitating, and he either needs to fully commit and go all in on being president and be bold and be decisive and say what's on his mind, or he needs to bail out now and call it good.
1: Well, I think that's exactly right. That's a really good analogy, because he's not that sort of charismatic, very open and honest and seemingly down-to-earth guy that was running for Senate against
0: Ted Cruz. Absolutely,
1: yeah. Everybody liked him because he was authentic, and now he feels like—
0: politician now he comes beto off of as cautious O'Rourke. politician exactly yeah I, you know i mean honestly i don't think he one of the reasons why he didn't win the senate is because he's not a great debater i mean if you looked at when he was debating against cruz eh, he wasn't the best and he's not doing well no. this time so and cruz is a very good debater yeah exactly i mean
1: so <clears throat> i don't know i i felt a little bad for beto but i also think Beto should be running for Senate, not for president. Yeah, no, so, he's, he, you know. he
0: set himself up for this, so I don't have too much sympathy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm hoping that he comes out sort of uh, Beto guns blazing in the next debate and has a bunch of people say, you're not going to carry on from here. I'd like to see him have a good debate in the next debate, but such that it's clear to him that he's not going to be able to move forward. Yes, yes. Right, so that's the best case.
0: Yeah. Like, I don't want him to blow his foot off when he's in the next no. debate and, no and you know. i don't
1: want him to say anything that could be used against him later right. right but i want people to come out of there and say like yeah yeah you know what i think he is good but you know when you put him on a stage with everybody yeah and, I think, in he, and I think i think
0: it's very possible he's a little too damaged to run for senate in texas at this point anyhow but we'll see um good good chance he'll end up trying so we'll find out <laughs> so across both of them
1: I, I i don't know what are your your highlights other than I, I certainly don't want to live in Cory Booker's neighborhood. He was very clear that it's a bad neighborhood. Yeah, and
0: I've heard him speak before, and he's been, you know, he's talked about his neighborhood. And it's, you know, and I, I respect the fact that, you know, he lives, of, of all of the people in the Senate and the House, he's one of the few who actually lives in a neighborhood of, you know, that's representative of the people that he's trying to represent. Sure. Um, you know, so I, I do I do respect that. Um and I think overall, he had a good debate performance. I think it's, you know, it keeps him in the discussion. Um, I think basically when you look at the overall field, it's like everybody that you sort of expected to be doing well and possibly being in, you know, still in the last couple debates, they're the ones who did well. Yeah, There's nobody who really surprised. Um, you know, Harris was the biggest, I think, gainer in all of this. You know, she's up about 6%, it, it looks like, in the polls. Um, the one question will be how it hurts her possibly in, in Iowa. Right. Cause Iowa voters, generally speaking, everything I've heard is that they're not a fan of that kind of, you know, attacking, they don't needling. like, they don't like fatalities. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, so we'll see how that plays out for her. Warren largely treaded water. I think until she's on the same stage with Biden and Sanders, it's going to be hard for her to really do much more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at this point, it was interesting though. I will say, like, nobody really seemed to go after her in the in that debate. No, they left her alone. Like, you know, she had a she had a, and and it was weird. Like, she had a bunch of stuff at the beginning, and then they kind of like stopped going back to her because she had gotten so much early right. on. And
1: she didn't even try to interject. She was fine. Yeah, done and done. Yeah, I'm good.
0: Yeah. Whereas, like, the second debate was everybody constantly interjecting. <laughs> The food fight. Yes, the food fight. From another quip. Um, you know, Castro had a good debate, but, you know, is in the polls. Does it matter? Not so far.
1: I don't know. I, and I actually thought of everybody across both nights, he had the most surprising debate. Yeah. You know, of all the people for me, you know, I kind of liked him going in. You know, I I like what he's done. You know, I think he should have pretty decent name recognition. Was surprised he hadn't gotten any traction uh, and to hear him there, I thought he landed some good some good points, especially against easy target O'Rourke. Um, and you know, I, I I'd be surprised if there isn't any movement in his his campaign. And I guess we'll see when the numbers come out. Yeah, I guess it's just, just like end where the quarter. does
0: that come from? Yeah, you know, because you've got a chunk of undecideds, but those are people who probably weren't watching the debate anyhow,
1: or they're probably still undecided. Yeah, it's yeah. debates. You know. Debates one or one and two, depending on how you do the math, of a thousand. Yeah. So they've got some time, and if they were undecided before, they probably are not decided now.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure there's many people who are just consciously saying, like, I'm not going to really commit to anybody until I've seen several debates, and, you know, we'll see how it goes. Not as many people are are hopping in early like I am. (laughs) So, yeah. So I think it was, uh, you know— it wasn't as illuminating as i kind of hoped it would be i shouldn't be surprised by that but you know overall it was good and worth watching and uh looking forward to the next one and i'm assuming they'll shuffle up uh who's on the debate stage for the next one so hopefully we'll get some more interesting matchups
1: yeah and so i guess you know what are you what are you hoping for in that next debate are you hoping for a a a varsity
0: jv matchup I mean, what I'd like to see, I mean, yeah, that's kind of what I'd like to see is, you know, the kid table or whatever, like something where it's, you know, the people who are clearly the also-rans are not going to be on the same stage as Biden and Warren and Sanders and Harris and Buttigieg and Booker and Castro and I think that's like, that's that's most of them. I think we
1: need the X, the X factor in Williamson. I think (laughs) we need to get her... (laughs) she's (laughs) gonna fight hate with love
0: as in as an ex-presidential candidate that would be my preference but (laughs) I meant ecstasy (laughs) one one (laughs) or the other so yeah Um, so I think that pretty much takes care of the debates and I don't think we have any other election circus information outside of that do we you know I would
1: just say you know one really interesting thing just numbers and we'll have more about the numbers next week because this was the end of the quarter the only candidate to release their q two numbers as of recording uh, was uh Buttigieg, who I did hear this week called Peter so that's a new one okay sure okay uh <coughs> raised twenty four point eight million dollars in q two yeah that is an enormous sum of money, yeah,
0: and he's got a lot of good connections with you know with donors um you know I mean I know that the dailies like him um so, you know, it's hard to read into that too much. Um, but, you know, we'll see how his support goes. I mean, clearly he's got enough to sustain him through the first several rounds of debates. Um, you know, we go from the first two debates where it's 65,000 donors to get you in is the first two. then one after that's 130,000 donors. So... Several people are not going to make that. Oh, yeah. Judge will be there. Any of sort of the big names that we've regularly talked about are likely to be there All under right. those terms. It's, it, it'll be round two where the stakes go up. Yes. Yes. <sighs> so that takes us to the ever-important beer. Oh, beer. So uh, I can't tell if you can sense the, where we are, uh, but we are, in fact, outdoors today because it is a nice summery day here in Chicago. Finally. Finally, it is not raining. There has been no sign of rain or potential for rain today. It's it's remarkable. And I missed
1: all of the rain over the last two weeks.
0: Yeah. All of the rain. People were saying it was terrible,
1: raining. Ironically, I missed it all. Ironically, you went I to everywhere. London... To avoid the rain. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, My lawn needs mowed, though. Yeah. Definitely needs mowed.
0: Yeah, we're out in the little beer garden of off-color brewing. Uh, One of my favorite breweries in Chicago, and this is my first time coming to their tap room. Really? uh, And there's all kinds of good stuff here. Uh, So I started off with a, uh, which one was it? Uh, Good Listeners. Uh, It's kind of a farmhouse style, really delicious um, and then uh, we took a little longer getting everything set up. We had, a, had some tortilla chips show up. So uh, I got to a second beer and having the barrel-aged beer for tacos right now, which is excellent. Yeah, I'm also having the beer for tacos, but non-barrel-aged. Yes. It's a little more sour
1: than I typically like, but I will tell you, it is delicious and refreshing. It's yeah. like a
0: little tequila bite to mine. Yeah. That's what it was aged in.
1: Yeah, and this is, a, uh, this is called the Mouse Trap. Yes. This tap room. So it's down here on Kingsbury. Uh, down in Near the River Whole Foods in uh yeah, like Park, Park, north if you're the area. area. So you can go to North and Clyburn and get out and walk down here. It's beautiful. They've got food that you can order from a service, they'll bring it to your table. It's fantastic. The glasses are very cute. They've got a mouse. Yes. It's all very mouse oriented. And it's also right across the street from uh, the IO Theater. So If you're coming down for a show at I.O., uh, you can stop by here first. Yeah. It's really good stuff. I I can't recommend it highly enough.
0: Yeah. And uh, normally our beer break is not politics-related. It's all beer-related. But this week, we actually have beer and politics combining. Uh, The Deschutes Brewery uh, has been uh, in the news. Uh, They came out against a climate change bill in Oregon. And what happened was... Uh, They were trying to set up a cap-and-trade system in Oregon to help fight climate change, and Deschutes apparently has huge problems with that and uh, made a public statement against it.
1: And (laughs) -and cap-and-trade, for those of you who uh, haven't heard that before, is a system whereby essentially you have to find your carbon from someplace. So um, there's a certain amount of carbon you can produce as a business, um, if you produce less, you can sell that to other people. So it essentially says there's
0: kind of a market for carbon uh, that goes on. Yeah, so um, it still allows you to operate a carbon-intensive business, but you have to pay to offset uh, the carbon that you're using. And so that could be planting trees or you know, buying credits from somebody else or whatever that may be. Yeah, and this isn't the only interesting
1: thing, and not even the most interesting thing about that bill in Oregon, because this was the same bill that the republicans in oregon just left the state for. Yes. And the mayor or the mayor, the governor said, "Well, I'm going to send the state police to come get them." Yeah. And somebody in the republican caucus there said, "Well, better send bachelors because I'm going to shoot them." <laughs> cap and trade, ladies and gentlemen. Cap yes. and trade. Yeah. Anyway, so if you yeah, see Yeah, so
0: it, this is this is where we are with climate change people right. is like they're, they're fleeing the state to not vote in favor of it, or they just it's not even like it was going to pass, so being there was setting the quorum that would right. have allowed them to actually vote on it so uh, and, and I've been <laughs> to the Deschutes brewery there in Portland:
1: It was really good. I like Schutz beer. I uh, may have to rethink my next well, fresh squeezed
0: IPA you know, and the thing of it is is there's so much good beer in the world now it's like I don't need to spend my time drinking good beer from companies that have questionable policies so uh i probably won't be drinking too much deschutes i guess is what i'm saying so anyhow uh that wraps up uh the national part of our podcast and international and uh everything but chicago everything but chicago and illinois and so yeah thank you for joining us uh this week and uh we'll uh catch you next time